Well, I'd like to uh, today do just a, a brief uh, sort of explanation of the Lord's Prayer and then move on to a little bit more of, of what the Lord speaks of regarding prayer. Um, of course, you may notice that the Lord's Prayer in the Gospel of Luke is different from the one we pray at Mass. Remember, if, if there was only one Gospel, there wouldn't be such discrepancies, but because there are four Gospels and some of them overlap, right? The, the authors sort of remember things a little bit differently, but generally, you know, they don't contradict one another. Um, one is more expansive than the other, etc. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. But anyway, if we just look at the Our Father, um, the first thing we recognize with the Our Father is that God desires for us to see him as a father. Now we know that God is neither male nor female, right? He's, he's pure spirit. So the reason for, this is a good word, for the anthropomorphizing of God, anthropos, Greek for man, making him in human, sort of giving him human qualities, right? That whole process is so that we can understand our relationship better. So the Lord desires for us to see our heavenly father as a father, generally speaking. There's a couple of places in scripture where, where God is presented uh, in the Old Testament like a mother. But for the most part, God sees himself as communicating, rather he communicates himself to us with that image of father. Um, which is really more for our benefit to understand the relationship as opposed to it being a sort of, uh, you know, exact understanding of God being male, which of course he's not. Anyway, so our Father, I have to go back and redo it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we're praising God. Blessed is your name. How's it go? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. <laughs> It's always this way, right? Jumping in halfway. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is always done in heaven. The kingdom is already ushered in in heaven. We're praying that on earth, the same will happen, that his will will be done on earth and that his kingdom is ushered in on earth as well. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today. Give me, Lord, what I need today to sustain me. It's not just a, a physical thing. It's, it's more expansive than that. Give me the blessings, the grace, the goodness that I need today to get me through. Where are we at? Give us our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's an important uh, distinction, or it's important to, to understand that we're basically telling God, forgive us because we forgive others. Forgive me as I forgive other people. What we're basically saying to God is if we don't forgive other people, don't forgive me either, right? So we're asking God to sort of forgive us in the same measure that we forgive other people. Give us a stare, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some of that is translated uh, somewhat uh, awkwardly Obviously, the Lord doesn't really lead us into temptation or evil. Um, what that's really getting at is asking the Lord to spare us from temptation and to spare us from evil. That's really the, the meaning behind that, is to guard us from temptation and to guard us from evil, etc. 
So then the Lord goes on, you know, the, the apostles asked him, well, teach us how to pray. John's, John's apostles, he, he taught them to pray, so teach us to pray. So, so Jesus gives us this prayer, the Lord's prayer, and that is the perfect prayer, right? If there's a go-to prayer that we need to be praying every day, it's most definitely the Lord's prayer given to us by Jesus himself. But then after he gives them the prayer, he speaks to them about asking, about the nature of prayer. Um, and then he gives this example of, right, going to your friend's house and at midnight. It was ridiculous, but that's the point. It's a ridiculous, you know, request to ask a friend to get up at midnight to give you bread. But the Lord is saying, look, if he doesn't get up because he's your friend, which he probably would, depends on the friendship, he'll get up because you don't stop. He'll get up and give you the bread to get rid of you to, so that you'll go away so that he can rest. Now, God doesn't need to rest, but it's like that. Just like God is like a father, he, it's like this as well with prayer. Sometimes he will give you what you ask because of the friendship and sometimes he will give you what you ask because you won't stop asking. I think sometimes we get, you know, we, you know, we want immediate results, right? I mean, we belong to Amazon Prime. We like that next day delivery. And God isn't like Amazon Prime. Oh, but if he was, can I get the tier? How much does that cost to get into that upper tier of prayer requests? It doesn't work that way. God is on his own time. And what we need to remember is that there's generally three answers God gives to a prayer request. Yes, no, and not yet. So he might be saying no, he might say yes, but he might also say yes, but not yet. The time isn't right. He may desire, in fact, and this seems to be the case from my experience, he, he may desire that the prayer itself becomes a, a sort of learning experience for us to, to grow our persistence, right? To grow our, um, uh, what shall we say? To grow our stamina for asking him for good things. Because what he wants from us is not particularly, you know, because of prayer, what he wants from us is not particularly just to grant what we ask for. What he wants is a relationship. He wants a deep relationship. Without the relationship, without the depth of relationship, asking for something from him is to kind of use him. And we know this from human relationships, right? If you're not really friends with somebody, or if, if it's not something that, that is a, a strong friendship between the two of you, but that person keeps asking you for things, at a certain point you're saying, you know, this just isn't worth my time. There's no relationship. But you look at other relationships where you've really invested a lot of time, there's a lot of mutuality, right? You know that that friend will be there for you at, at the drop of a hat. And so when they ask you for something, you're much more inclined to give it. So what the Lord is really looking for in, in prayer or through prayer, via prayer, is a deepening of that relationship first, antecedent before even answering the prayer. He wants us closer to him. And that should always be the first goal of prayer. Now, he also talks about, 
asking you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. What's interesting about this is a number of things. Ask and you will receive. He doesn't actually say, ask and you will receive what you asked for. He doesn't say, seek and you will find what you were seeking for necessarily. Knock and the door will be opened. Not every door. I mean, this seems to be our experience, right? We ask, and sometimes we get something, but we don't always get what we asked for directly. But oftentimes we get what we actually need. Same thing with seeking and finding. I mean, they're all the same, the same sort of thing. And sometimes we try doors and they're locked to us, and we need to try a different door, and that door might open. But he doesn't say, and then he goes on, he talks about, you know, the father reminds me of a story, but anyway, he talks about a, a father who asks for a fish and, you know, what a father's not going to give him a snake. In other words, he may, the father may not give him what he asks for, but he's not going to give him something harmful is the point. It reminds me of uh, when my little niece was about two and we were eating, I may have told this story, but I can't remember my stories when I told them, I don't catalog them. So, uh, we're out to dinner, I think my niece was two-ish, and she's at that age where, like, if you give her something, she's just gonna put it in her mouth, right? You know that age, is that about two? I don't know, I'm not a dad. Anyway, that age. So, uh, not talking age yet, but just, uh, you know, because she just trusts whatever you give her, you know, goes in her mouth. So I thought, well, I wonder if she likes lemons. And so, you know, we had iced tea and um, I think my sister went away or something. She went, and, and so the older two, I'm like, let's see if Gabby will eat a lemon, you know? So I'm like, here, and she grabs it and she puts it in, just tastes it a little and, you know, yeah. So I thought, well, maybe she'll do it again. So I tried it again, she did it again. And, you know, the kids are laughing and, you know, she's, she's fine, it's just, you know, sour. She did it a third time, actually, too, which was really fascinating. Then I stopped. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's too much. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to get her crying. Um, but it reminds me of that. Like, you know, a parent would never give to their child something harmful. Uh, not, a, not a parent in their right mind. Certainly not a good parent. Not a loving father. A loving father is going to give his children something good. Now, it may not be what they ask for. And parents, you know how this works. Your, the kids are going to ask for all kinds of things. Kids, you know how this works too. You ask for all kinds of things. Often it's no. Sometimes it's wait, which is sometimes worse than no, isn't it? Wait. How long do I have to wait? And sometimes it's yes. But sometimes the yes and the giving of a good thing from your parents, it's still a good thing, but it may not be specifically what you asked for. And that's because, you know, as children, you need to trust that your parents actually know perhaps what's best for you more than you do at your age when you're little. Well, God wants us to trust him in the same fashion, that there are those things we want, but they may, they may not be what's best for us or they may not be what's best for us now. And so the Lord may give us something else which is better, or he may give us what we're asking for, but he's just not gonna give it right away. Hence the need for persistence in prayer. So, 
So many people carry heavy, heavy burdens in their life. So many people uh, have broken families, bad relationships with their kids or their parents, same. Um, so many people are suffering internally from their, their own you know, sort of woundedness or uh, brokenness or the harm that has been done to them, whatever it is. There's so many of us who, really all of us, who need God's help. Oftentimes we think we know what we, we want and how we want him to act. But one of the things about prayer and what Jesus teaches us is that we should ask for what we really think we need. And then we should always say, like in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done. And so as you're just even today, whatever burden is on your heart, whatever you know, real difficulty, and for you it's real, it doesn't need to be you know, compared to anyone else. Whatever the struggle is for you, the difficulty is from you, whatever you need from God, I really encourage you today and moving forward every day to keep asking the Lord for that healing, the, uh, the reconciliation maybe you need, uh, whatever it is, to keep asking him. But also, as you ask him, say something like, you know, your will be done. This is what I'm asking, but your will be done. Or I trust whatever you give me, even if it's not this, will be better than what I'm asking for. I trust that you are a loving father and you will give me what I truly need. Please stand.